0: Business is Boring is made by the spin-off with help from Callaghan Innovation, New Zealand's innovation agency. Here's your host, Simon Powell. I don't know about you, but when I think of the things promised to us by sci-fi that I'd like to see more of, it isn't so much flying cars that I want, but the ability to synthesize all kinds of exciting foods at home. It just feels so efficient and low-waste to conjure up as much as you want of something from some kind of sci-fi sludge. But until then, today's invention and company will help get us a bit closer. This week's guests have come up with a home-grow kit for microgreens, having created an environmentally clever seed layer innovation that helps you grow on-demand quantities of the nutrient-rich microgreens. I totally love this idea of home gardens, urban sized, where in your kitchen you grow your food and can feel like a restaurant in the future. This company is called Micropod, and came about when a group of four multidisciplinary friends got together to solve the engineering problem of reliably growing and productizing the idea. They've won big at the best design awards, and since launching in February 2019 have won customers all around the country to talk about what it takes to turn an idea into an engineered reality, the goodness of microgreens, and starting a company. CEO, Jeff Su, and co-founder and designer, Ollie McDermott. Join us now. G'day. Kia ora. Good morning. Kia ora. Hey, so first up, Jeff, let's go to you. How did you get interested in hydroponics?
1: Well, Simon, that's a pretty big question there. It started about three years ago, around our Christmas time, and I was stressing to buy presents like everyone would. Um, It was actually for my in-laws at the time. Um, I somehow ended up at a garden centre, and I found these little packs of seeds called microgreens. I thought, you know, I was reading the back of the packet, this thing is amazing, only takes half a week to grow, and they said it had 40 times the nutrients of a fully grown vegetable. So that sounded incredible. So I brought a a couple of packs of the seeds, a nice-looking purple ceramic pot, like, wrapped it all up, and I thought I had the best present to give to my in-laws, and it would be awesome, unique, and a very thoughtful gift. So, after a while, like, Christmas came and went, and the pot and the seeds were still sitting underneath their Christmas tree, like, gathering dust. And I was like, what the hell happened? How come they didn't grow these things? So, I took it upon myself to start not growing them myself. I was like... I'll, 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 I'll prove to them how good it is. And um, the first attempt, I got some soil, sprinkled the seeds on, and within a matter of days, they all died. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll show you how to grow these. Oh, oh they're dead. Yeah,
1: and I, I sort of like discovered that they're not your typical houseplants. They actually <laughs> like require a lot of nurture and care. I had to water them every day and the second lot did work, and when I was like harvesting it, I ended up with all the soil over the microgreens, and I had to like wash them off, and then to start a new cycle, I had to get more soil, like get the old ones and start again. So I kind of understood why it was so hard. I've uh, Being an engineer myself, I was like, curious on how things work, and I wanted to cheat and find a better way to grow them, and that's when I went on... old Google and typed in hydroponics and I sort of went down this massive hydroponic wormhole and that's sort of how I started getting into it.
0: Because I'll bet there's lots of online information about certain kinds of hydroponics, maybe bigger, less legal plants than your (laughs) microgreens, because it sounds like a lot of work. Like I'm looking now, we've got them in front of us uh, in the studio. It's a small panet, kind of like a little Tupperware container-sized thing that's um, full of these lovely greens. But it's not a lot of kind of like greenery by volume, is it? If you're having to do that much work and get the soil and water it every day uh, for that result.
1: Yeah, um, that's exactly right. And that's why they cost so much at like, restaurants. They're about 60 to 100 bucks per kg. And the reason for that is the high like labor content that it requires to actually harvest and grow them. Um This is the easiest form of like hydroponics there is because it's such a short cycle of growth that you don't need to mess with the pH or the um, nutrient levels because the plants themselves do have enough energy to grow. The nutrients just helps them a little bit. Um, Yeah. And then um, just like having that system that we've got here.
0: Yep. Tell me about that system. Sorry. So so what happened? Yeah. so you, you got interested in hydroponics online and as an engineer you were like, Well, this is probably there's probably a better way to do this than all of the soil and work. And then how did you bring in your your co-founders and um and and friends to, to make this happen?
1: Yeah, so after going into this wormhole of hydroponics I mentioned before, um I was super excited. I thought I was gonna like change the world with this new thing. So I got together with one of my high school friends called Brian. And um, every day after work, we'd go back to my house and um, start experimenting. So we went into, we brought this uh, steamer box and rigged it with lights and like stripped our old computer down, took out the power supply and made this little one contraption to grow like microgreens and was super excited. And um, the first sort of prototype or proof of concept actually worked really well, was surprised. And sort of um, that's when we thought, you know, this is far beyond us. We need smart people. And I think having watched too many movies, we thought we needed um, investment straight away. So that's when we started going out to people and actually uh, pitching ideas. And one of the people we pitched to was Ollie. And he turned out to be a smart engineer and
2: um, eventually became an um, investor as well.
0: Yeah. How did you come to hear about Ollie? And how did you come to get involved?
2: So uh, in my day job, I run a company called Blender Design and um, we help New Zealand businesses develop successful products and uh, we, we get a lot of people knocking on our door with, with cool, crazy ideas and um, and Jeff called me up one day and, and um, I agreed to to meet with him. So I remember that day, Jeff and Brian came into the office with this contraption um, and also some Tupperware containers with microgreens and um, and I think there was like a bowl and... Some, like a fork, and um, a little bit of like dressing. I think Brian made up some <laughs> some like Vietnamese chum kind yeah. of delicious dressing, and and I think they won me over with the sample because I'm a big fan of Vietnamese food, and um, <laughs> there was there was a great pitch. But really, what I, what I loved about it was, um, you know, it was a food concept. I think our food system is is, is really broken. Uh, I think when you look back at all the podcasts you've done, Simon, there's a, there's a lot of a lot of people in that space, right? Um, that excited me. Also, Jeff and Brian's passion and, and enthusiasm for it and the fact that they, they had complementary skills working together um, got me really interested. So I had a look at the idea, and we had a good chat about it. And I said, guys, this, this is cool. There's there's something here, but we need to really uh, do a bit more work in looking at how big this market is, um, who's out there, and put together a bit of a, a business plan. So I sort of sent, sent them off, and three months later, they came back and had done a heck of a lot of work looking at that and um and i knew we had something so so we got to work
0: because that's a good question like you know is there uh that big of a problem out there to solve in microgreens because is it something that people are even fully aware of or using in their own cooking when when it's currently kind of you know 60 bucks a kilogram or something
2: i think there's an awareness of it i mean people love you know nice trendy things but microgreens it's a it's a high value product so I think it was the perfect thing to, to get in the door because it grows quickly, um, it's high value, it's hard, it's hard for people to grow at home, and, and it's, it's got that sort of unique factor to it. Sure, sorry for this interruption. It's Alice Nebel here. I am the food editor at The Spin-Off, and I just wanted to pop in and tell you about our food podcast dietary requirements. Hosted by me, Simon Day, and Sophie Gilmore, it celebrates all there is to know about eating and drinking. There's cooking tips, there's special guests, there's what we've been eating and drinking lately, and we try not to chew into the microphone too much. So if you like food and drink, listen in. You won't regret it. It's, it's at thespinoff.co.nz and all your favourite podcast providers.
0: If you love the spin-off, the best way to show it is to become part of the spin-off members. This is the fund that helps us keep free and accessible to all without a paywall. It also funds some of our most important and acclaimed journalism. You can pay what you want, but for just $8 a month, you'll receive a package that includes our first book. Check it out through the spin-off. And so you got the business plan, thought, look, look this is going to work. And then how did you go about designing something? Because probably the coolest thing about it that... Um, you know, looking at it as a product uh, is the way that you've done it in a way that's home. Com- uh, you, know, you know, elements that are commercially compostable, uh, elements that are reusable, and a real kind of commitment to, um, yeah, like like having the packaging and all of the elements uh, be good for the world.
2: That really evolved because first off, it was the um, it was really focused around the technology. Right, we were looking at a, an appliance. Um, similar to like a microwave that you might install in, in a kitchen cabinet, it had your lights and your hydroponic system, and and um, we were really focused around that. We we drew up some concepts uh, for that. Um, Jeff was pitching to a few investors um, around the place to, to get feedback on that, and it wasn't until till later that we sort of really distilled the idea down to its its core essence um, and realised that the the seed mat which. you know, which really solved the problem of making it easy to grow, was, was the key thing. And we, we didn't need an appliance to do that. Um, and through, I think Jeff can talk more about this, but when, when we joined the, the Sprout Accelerator Program, they really helped us to, to really refine our, our product um, and distill it
0: down to, to what it was at its core. Yeah, yeah. was that kind of like a real breakthrough moment? Because that is, that is a, you know, when you think of hydroponics, you think of lots of lights, uh, maybe some kind of irrigation or misting, Uh, Quite a big kind of setup, maybe definitely some kind of electricity involved somewhere. But you managed to kind of um, skip that step entirely.
1: Yeah, that all sort of developed through the Sprout Accelerator program. Um, Actually, going into Sprout, we did pitch, well, I did pitch the idea of this huge fridge um, monstrosity thing that were, you know, plug in, it had pumps, it had lights, it had everything. And I, and I sort of applied for Sprout Accelerator on the um, 11th hour when I got an email through and the application was clon- closing the very next day. I thought, hey, heck, I'll give it a try. tried everything else and just um, put an application through. And then um, um, a couple of days later, I got a call from the guys at Sprout and like pitched the idea to them in three minutes. And they said, hey, Jeff, uh, w- w- why don't you like fly down to Palmerston North in three days and uh, give us your 15-minute uh, spiel? And that's when my heart started racing and I got nervous and I went online. I brought my ticket and off from there. And throughout the Sprout program, this thing really um, developed into the, um, like I'm MVP. It is now, like Ollie said, we stripped away the lights, the electronics. You didn't need all that. Um, the simplest method to grow it is just on your windowsill. And we just made it easy with our seed mat. So, so how does
0: that, how does it work? Like, so you get got the seed mat there. You, you uh, have the container and then bingo plants what what's the what's the bingo step um so how it,
1: how it works is that we've made it super simple by actually spacing the seeds out for you and that got rid of a lot of the problems with like molding uh, because you if you're sprinkling all the seeds yourself you sometimes do clump them too close and they push up against each other and that's how you course, mold. So we found the perfect spacing for them, spaced it out in there, and we actually have the hydroponic nutrients embedded into the actual mat itself. And that's like a released upon adding water to it and um, the roots uh, soak up that nutrients and actually uptake that and then make the leaves nice and healthy. And then uh, sunlight is just provided in your own home and it's an indoor thing. So the uh, temperatures is like somewhat controlled
0: controlled yeah yeah Yeah. and so you create you have the lid on for the first couple of days to create the kind of so you get the seed mat you just put a bit of water in in.
2: yeah pour water over the top up up to a certain level Um, put the lid on so it's got a nice warm uh, humid and dark environment to germinate and a couple of days later take the lid off pop it underneath and, and give them sunlight for five to seven days for
0: most varieties and the original hydroponic lamp (laughs) yeah (laughs) the original (laughs) the power of the sun yeah yeah Yeah. great and then and then you're away and so so they grow kind of like um like weeds really quickly like a couple of days hey like seven days odd
2: it it varies between the varieties uh but yeah a lot of them are between seven and ten days which is nice and fast and people these days are impatient right so that helps to um
0: build a bit of a habit and then you're able to get Replacement seed mats through uh, to keep yourself in supply of uh, these microgreens. And when when you say microgreens, you know people have probably got a picture of like a, a little green on their plate in a restaurant or something. Like, what what's the variety of them, and what what are people able to use? And and do you use them in your cooking, like three greens on the side of a plate, or do you make a salad out of them? Like, what are you doing with these microgreens? Everyone's different. Eh? I mean, I, I I
2: use mine every day just as a, as a garnish. It's like just. How do you say it? Gourmetifies yeah. <laughs> every meal that I eat. <laughs> Adds a bit of nutrients and, and flavour. Like they have got a real flavor punch. Um it's interesting, most uh most microgreens they have quite an intense flavor, but there's there's the odd one like fennel, which um like the flavor develops as the plant grows. Um yeah. Uh everyone's everyone's a bit different. I think mostly they're used as a garnish or
0: or um, a, a, a burst of flavour. Mm. I see you've got rocket involved as well, so people are able to grow themselves like a little sprig of rocket to have a fresh rocket baby salad or something.
1: Yeah, like a rocket's one of our most popular varieties. Um, they have a massive kit compared to the little like micro-rockets that you get at the supermarket. People love them and spread over pizza. It's amazing. I've got about 20 trays growing at home, so I have these microgreens every single meal and so do my parents and everyone I know, so we're totally like, have this habit of actually just putting on every meal and the nutrients that you get from them are amazing.
0: And is there, is, are there plans to then go to kind of like macro greens I guess like you know would the same system with a larger um, with a larger container and uh, larger seed mats work and kind of replace all of those little bottles of herbs you get at the supermarket that you you expect to live longer than they do?
1: Yeah, and, um, I guess that's in the pipeline for us to actually um, develop a product that can uh, grow uh, bigger greens. Of course, in that stage, we might be looking at lights, a bigger tray, maybe for like uh, cafes and like restaurants where they need a massive supply of them, and then the only way to get that is um, through like um, artificial light.
2: Mm. The, the space for um, growing herbs and, and greens is, is actually a bit quite busy already with products like click and grow and even cultivator and things like that um yeah look long term we'd we'd like to think that we can get into that but for, for the short term we're pretty focused on just just the microgreens
0: yeah and how's it been going
2: uh how how's
0: demand
1: well it's been going amazing i'm just totally blown away by the support we're getting from our customers we've got over three thousand customers and we acquired half of those within the last month or so um yeah, it's been a real ramp up to Christmas and the feedback has been absolutely amazing.
0: That's so cool. And so people buy their tray originally and then can buy replacement kind of um, seed trays to sit within the the, um, the Tupperware-looking thing. And then the Tupperware-looking thing is actually able to then be composted if required. But you can keep reusing it for as long as you can kind of thing.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, we'd like to think you'd just keep using it for for the rest of your life, right? Um, we hope that it, it's it's something that uh, doesn't end up in the in the cupboard with your yogurt maker. But uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> and and so you've had a couple of awards come through as well. Like, tell me about winning, uh, you know, gold winning great great uh, awards at the Best Design Awards, which is a real um a real coup for a, a, a very
2: young startup. Yeah, super cool, right? I mean, from from the outset, we're very very design-led. Um, we're really focused on on customer experience and and our, our brand, and so the the whole product and the packaging um, and that whole user experience is all like had a lot of thought put into it. Um, some very long meetings debating some decisions, um, mm-hmm. and even in the background through our, our um, emails and the website experience, just the whole things well thought out. So so to then like enter two awards for the product and for the packaging, and take away gold and silver. It's like it's a real cool accolade for for all that hard work that we put in, and sort of just validates that we've we've done the right thing. We we also get some amazing customer feedback. People just love love the product, and every little touch point through ordering online to to getting the email with the video to, to get growing, and um, and that experience of opening the box and and um, using the product. It's, it's just so cool.
0: And how's the journey been for you, Jeff? Coming from the idea as an engineering challenge and then through the Sprout Accelerator and then into actually commercialising and and launching and the like?
1: Uh, well, um, I have a background in our structural engineering and um, I guess the skills aren't really that transferable. So in, when I'm first starting out, I'd go to my normal nine-to-five day job, put on my consulting engineering hat, and then um, after work I'd come back and put on my green hat get into hydroponics and um, I suppose the guys at work like never knew what I was doing for the good part of the year and I'd go to work super tired and they'd ask me why and I'd make up some stories (laughs) (laughs) and then um, it it went from there and then I uh, sort of stepped away from engineering a bit and went part-time into engineering like luckily I was working for a firm at the time that was very like a so I'd do my nine to five job, then I'd, I'd go to like Ollie's, like a workshop, and work on making seed mats and like a developing um, this like a unique
2: like growing system. It was just about a twenty four operation, twenty four hour operation at the time, I think.
0: That's <laughs> amazing. And and now that it's kind of in market and you're you're seeing this growth and stuff, I mean, how does it feel to have that idea out in the world? Oh, it's amazing, and to be working
1: with such a great team. I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. I'm super tired at the moment, but (laughs) I'm like loving it. I wouldn't be doing anything else, and I don't think I'd ever go back to a nine to five job again. Um, um, I just love, you know, doing things myself and having
0: um, control. What kind of things do you, um, what kind of things have been really useful that you've had to learn to upskill and, you know, maybe that would have been good to know early on the journey?
1: Oh, my God, everything. I needed to upskill everything about myself. <laughs> and, and and I guess that was a real credit to the Sprout Accelerator program, actually. Um, it was a six-month program, and we'd fly down every fortnight, and um, they'd run up sessions on how to be great business people, what it takes to run a startup, and then actually hear from people that have done it in the past. And like one of our, our co-founders actually um, came on board um, from the Sprout Accelerator program, he was a speaker there, and he really loved what we
0: we're doing. What advice would you guys have for people who do have, like, you know, a cool idea and and are thinking about trying to make something happen?
1: Um, for me, when I first started out, like Brian and I, we had this idea that we thought was amazing. Um, we wanted to keep it to ourselves. Basically, uh, we were scared of them sharing the idea with other people because we thought well, if we shared the idea, someone else might take it and do it. So uh, I guess that really like, uh, like it held us back. But actually, I'm going to start up events and talking to people. You kind of know that everyone's there to help. And um, if they didn't know how to help you, they were going to pass you on to someone that did. So I think it's really important for young people uh, with ideas to actually just put the ideas out into the world. Um, tell your friends tell your family and that's how you become um, accountable as well when you tell someone it becomes real and you got to follow through with it and that's probably my biggest advice as is actually to sort of um, you know like preach what you do and actually follow through with
2: it I'll second that I think it's really important to to not hold your ideas too close to your chest Um, you know you want to be out there talking to people and, and validating that the idea is good getting all that feedback but also not, not being afraid to ask for help. Um, you know, Kiwi's a pretty, uh, pretty standoffish sometimes. Um, but there's so much help out there, especially through Callaghan Innovation. Um, there's some amazing sort of networks out there in the startup community now. Um, just get out there and talk to people and and, and meet, meet people
0: who can help you. Ah, that's so cool. And what will be... So at the moment, it's all business to consumer, isn't it? So you're selling it through your website, direct to people not currently available in, like, retail stores or anything. Uh, but what would be your kind of, like, dream for the company? What will success be for Micropod? One of these in every house in the
2: world. We, we, we want to really reconnect people with, with growing food, um, especially with sort of urbanisation and, um, and and trends like that. We want people to, in, in cities, to be able to grow food in their house. And so the, the more people we have doing this, the better. Um, from, from a business point of view, we, we'd like to be across... Um, be international we're, we're in the process of setting up in australia and um
0: yeah it's so cool and what will success be for you jeff
1: uh i pretty much i'm second everything ollie has said so far um yeah i'm definitely that i'm um, like a global vision um being the best ag tech company out there and uh, building our brand upon micropod and other uh, products and you know just showing people that it's so easy to grow your own food at home and knowing where it comes from all you need is some like a water and uh, like windowsill basically <laughs> and you've got your own plants
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome well thank you for going and um, sharing the story uh so far today that's uh jeff sue and ollie mcdermott from micropod cheers son. thanks for being cool. here well, thank you simon Thank you to Alice with the doll for producing this morning and thank you very much for having us along. You all have been listening to Business is Boring, presented by Simon Pound. And brought to you by The Spin-Off and Callahan Innovation. From The Spin-Off Podcast Network, that was Business is Boring. Brought to you by Lab. Make sure you're following "Businesses Boring" wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on Spark Lab, visit sparklab.co.nz.
1: Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment?